Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my brother Tyler Staggs. We've been gone for a, a week because of the Titans bye week, but we're back and the Titans going to be taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars 2-10, and 10, so hopefully that means the Titans will be able to get back on track. Um, so we got a good show for today, uh, but Tyler, go ahead and tell everyone how they can support the podcast. Yeah, everyone, it's real simple. Go check out our merch for, first of all, all you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections slash all. We have hoodies, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, uh, beanies, all kinds of different stuff. Of course, right now in Tennessee, you wouldn't really need that hoodie. Middle of December, and for some reason, it's 70 degrees outside, and we have a tornado watch going on. I mean really what what's going on here mother nature come on not not the typical tornado season but (laughs) yeah (laughs) cut uh, cut us a little bit of slack here um if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast whether it be on stitcher spotify apple podcast make sure you're following the podcast leave us a five-star rating leave us some comments questions we love that interaction if you're watching on youtube you're going to notice this video tanner and i aren't sitting side by side He's at a different location. Just he's in a different spot right now. You know that, that's all there is to it. So if you experience either of us cutting out, it's because, like we mentioned, storms are coming through and our Wi-Fi sucks. Just yeah. we'll put it at that. And you <laughs> so combine that with with thunderstorms. That's not really a great thing for, uh, for trying to get on and and do a video call for a podcast. <laughs> exactly. But if you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. If that subscribe button's red, click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. We may possibly be going live after the Jaguars game this Sunday. I will say that will depend on the weather because if the weather's not cooperating, you know, we're not going to make you suffer through us cutting in and out. Yeah. That... And... <laughs> but if you like this video, Leave us a like on the video. We really appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. Share the video with your family, friends, other football fans, and go down, leave us a comment, and let us know how you think this is gonna how you think this game is going to go. 
Also, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, Titans time. And on Instagram, Titans time podcast. So let's get right into this. I'm going to jump straight into the injury report. Um, first, I'm going to go through the guys that have already been ruled out. Um, and although there are already five guys as of today that have been ruled out, this is still an improvement. So um, Tommy Hudson, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, and David Long have all been ruled out. You also have Tier Tart, who has been ruled out, and another guy who is listed as out on the injury report is Zach Cunningham, um, which obviously is a new addition, and we will get into that probably very soon. And I'm just going to say, Zach Cunningham, he's not playing this week, so do not ask Vrabel any questions about him. He'll talk about Zach Cunningham next week. I, I don't know if you've seen that press conference today, Tanner. I, I didn't, I, but I can get the I can get the gist of what you're getting it, at there. I said it was it, previous it was so verbal uh, press conferences. I can I can already tell. I, I want to touch on this right quick before we dive into it because the the reporters are throwing a fit about it, especially Paul Kaharski. He's oh, Vrabel stormed out like a child. This and that. He comes in. I, his his part of the press conference didn't even last two minutes. That's how fast this was over. He comes in. The first question they ask him is about Zach Cunningham. And he tells them he's not playing. He's not active for this game. We'll talk about him next week. So the immediate follow-up question is another one about him. Vrabel repeats himself. He's not active for this weekend. We'll talk about him next week. So then a couple more questions get asked about guys who might possibly play this week as far as coming off injured reserve, you know, talking about everything they're doing to get better. Like I said, a couple questions go along, and then all of a sudden someone else wants to ask, I believe it was John Glennon, wants to ask Vrabel again about Zach Cunningham. Vrabel just turns and walks away and says, this is effing ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, Paul Kaharski sends out a tweet about Vrabel storming off like a child, and I know a lot of Titans Twitter is defending Vrabel, and I want to put it out there. I'm defending him, too. Like the Play stupid the, games, you win stupid prizes. Exactly. The guy told y'all twice he's not playing this weekend, so that – him coming to the team does not matter right now. He's not playing. We'll talk about him next week after he's actually in the facility. So, like, what do you expect? Like, y'all know how Vrabel is with the media. He already doesn't like talking to him. So, if you keep pushing his buttons and piss him off, you've lost your time with him. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of the injury report, the only guys that – did not practice are the guys that have already been ruled out. So, and do you that, have the Jaguar side of that? I do. Um, just to finish up the Titans, there was a limited participant, uh, and that was Harold Landry. Um, for the Jaguars, they have only one guy that did not practice, also already ruled out, and that is Brandon Lindare. I think is how you pronounce his last name. I'm going to go with that, anyways. Um, on the offensive line, uh, so. 
you know, I mean, it's not like they're great anyways. They really need all that they can get. Do they have a lot? I haven't really looked at their side. Do they have a lot of questionables? Um, everybody else is, is a full participant. So they seem to be pretty healthy. Um, but I, say, just, I know, I know James Robinson was banged up. I know Josh Allen for him was banged up, you know, a couple of their key guys there. I believe, uh, miles Jack was even banged up. So I wasn't sure if they were questionable or if they had already decided that they're playing or what. Yeah. And all those guys were full participants earlier today. So <laughs> I'm going to assume that means they're ready to go barring um, any setback. Yeah. Barring any setbacks. I mean, and we see how that goes. I mean, Dalvin cook, you know, <laughs> dislocated shoulder. He's, it doesn't matter. You know, he just puts on a brace and puts up like what At, once one oh, over 150 yards. Right. Uh, something like that. Props to you for starting him in one of the fancy leagues. Uh, you text yeah, me about yeah. it. And I was like, I was like, look, dude, I'm not going to tell you either way on this because I really don't know because he could come back in, take one really hard shot to that shoulder, and be done yeah. the rest of the day. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, that, it, that Steelers run defense wasn't touching him. So, you know, not looking past the Jags, but if the Steelers don't fix that for when the Titans come to town next week, might be a good day for our running backs. That's true. Um, so let's talk about uh, Zach Cunningham, even though Vrabel you know, obviously didn't want to. I feel like we should at least bring it up. Um, Titans are bringing him in. Uh, the former Houston Texan claimed him off of waivers. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pretty much run through all the details if you want me to, and then we'll go talk ahead. about it. Um, the The Titans are only going to be on the hook for 275000 in base salary for the remainder of the season, and they have until March 5th of 2022 to decide if they want to keep him for next season. Uh, that day is when his $10 million salary for the 2022 season um, would then become guaranteed. Um, but I'm, there's a catch with that. That's go only ahead. If, that, that's only if he gets injured. If he, okay. if he doesn't get, if he doesn't get hurt, that 10 million is not guaranteed. Okay. Okay. So that date is when I, I don't, yeah. Okay. So that, that obviously just makes it an even better situation. Um, but even before I knew that, what I was going to say is I think this definitely makes sense. Uh, he's a former player of Rabel's from when Rabel was, um, the defensive coordinator there, uh, in Houston, the Titans are, banged up at every position, but at middle linebacker, they're definitely banged up. I mean, you have two guys that have missed a significant amount of time with, or, or I guess you could technically say three guys that have missed some time, but Rashawn Evans, I can't remember exactly how many games he had missed. And then David Long. I believe he was gone after the Chiefs game. I think David Long has been gone for the past three He's been gone since the Rams game. Right. After so, the Rams game. Um, I mean, they needed something there. And then it's not like this is just a quick fix. Like, we just need someone to fill a body. Cunningham is really good. Um, honestly, the Led the league in he, tackles last year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the only reason that he got cut is because 
the Texans thought he wasn't really all in on the team, but I mean, you can't blame him for that. He's they went through the same thing that JJ Watt went through. And I honestly think you could see a similar situation here where he leaves, goes to a different team, a team that he can actually be all in on and plays really, really well. Um, the Texans obviously thought last offseason that he was good enough to give a $58 million contract to. Uh, so I think that Tennessee is a team that he can actually get excited about. And I think that this could be a good thing for the rest of the season. I'm not sure if you've seen Darren Bates tweet or not, but after the news broke that the Titans had claimed him off waivers, Darren Bates said that Cunningham is getting his wish because he wanted to play for Vrabel again. Well, there you go. So, I mean, I knew that I mean I knew that they had a good relationship. Um I didn't well, exactly and Vrabel know. has high praise for him too. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's several instances where Vrabel is talking about just how good and instinctual he is. And maybe a little bit of foreshadowing for next year. One guy you left off the list of our injured inside linebackers, Monty Rice. I believe he's right. probably gone the rest of the year. I could be wrong. I'm on just going to say, when we're talking but, about injuries and everything, like it has been so hard for me to keep up with who all has been <laughs> injured and when, because it's it, honestly the numbers are just like astronomical at this point. It's it's impossible to keep up with all the names. Right, and but talking about the foreshadowing and everything, I mean, we had already talked about how we thought this was going to be Rashawn Evans last year with the team. So now you have a guy who is, unless the Titans decided to get rid of him this next offseason because there wouldn't be a cap hit, I don't think that they will, but you have a guy who's under contract through like 2024, you have David Long, who would still be under contract next season. But you could be seeing possibly Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans both gone. And yep. I mentioned Monty Rice. You know, he's going to be under contract for the next couple of years. He'll be coming back from injury. So, you know, you have to kind of wonder, is this some foreshadowing of the Titans? You know, maybe Vrabel's got his guy. Yeah, I mean, and, obviously, the main like the main thing, the main takeaway from this right now is that this fixes a major, major hole that you know the Titans have right at this particular moment. This but gives this, even more depth. This kills two birds with one stone because I don't think you necessarily want Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. You definitely don't want them both. I don't. Uh, I mean, you, you okay? So you definitely don't want them both. You might not even want either one of them and so to get a guy of the that that's the caliber of player that Cunningham is I mean he could easily take over one of those starting spots um, if he plays well for the rest of this season and I mean honestly I think that you're looking at a guy that is probably better than Evans and Jayon Brown and all you're on the hook for for this season is 275,000 another plus side that I wanted to bring up is that he is, I won't say this about Rashawn Evans, but it is even, a, it is sort of a little bit true there, but especially with Jayon Brown and David Long and what you're used to seeing out of the Titans uh, inside linebackers, 
he is much more of a physical presence than what they're used to having in there. I mean, he's 6'4", 238 pounds. Rashawn Evans is close. He's not quite as tall, 6'2", and 232, so just a few pounds lighter there. But Jayon and David Long, like I mentioned, are both undersized guys. So he adds some size there as well. And, I mean, he going back through his career – He's not necessarily the best in pass coverage, but he's getting better. And I wish I could remember who it was, but I seen where someone put a video out on Twitter talking about how, um, while yes, Cunningham may bite on the play action more, he can still affect the play so much. And they showed that in the uh, game against the Titans from a couple weeks ago. He bid on the play action. Tannehill had A.J. Brown coming across the middle open, and Cunningham was able to jump up and tip the pass at the line of scrimmage, and it caused the ball to go above A.J.'s hands. So just that instinctual player, you know, the, those instincts to still be able to impact the play even when – okay, I probably got beat here. Like, I, I messed up, but I still made a play on the ball. Like, yeah, I, I mean, having a guy like that that can do those types of things can, can sometimes – that can be a little bit overlooked because uh, you just look at, like, the overall, you just look at the numbers and you're just like, okay, what what have they done overall? But when you look at a guy that can do something like that, has the ability to bite on that play action. If it happens to be a run play, he's in a great position. But if if it does happen to be a play action, he's has the instincts, the size, the athleticism that he can still have a shot to make a play on the ball, which is not something that a lot of other guys can do. Right. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier, just as of right now, the depth, that this will add to our inside linebackers, you know, especially if David Long gets healthy. That's the main thing I'm concerned about is did the Titans bring Cunningham in because David Long's injury is worse than they thought. I mean, he could have already been put on injury reserve for three weeks and, you know, been designated to return or whatever, but, you know, does them going out and getting Cunningham mean that Long's injury's worse and they're fixing to put him on IR or what? Because it's a hamstring injury. And we know how that's been for the Titans this year. But looking ahead to the playoffs, if all of them are healthy, you have four, when they're playing their best ball, you have four really good inside linebackers. Yeah, I mean, and I, I would it, I would like to see the combination of David Long and Cunningham in there in the playoffs. And, and at that point, I mean, you have an opportunity where you can still, for the rest of the, the season, you know, through the through the rest of the playoffs, you're not forced to play Rashawn Evans all the time, and you can actually just put him in there yeah. where he's best and play him, in, you know, when the other teams inside your 10 yard line. Right. Yeah. It, so, I exactly. Mean, it, it, it gives you some flexibility there to, 
use these guys where, I mean, honestly, where they're best at, you know, where they have their strengths, because all of these guys have certain things. I'll say with, with Rashawn Evans specifically, and then also a bit with Jayon Brown too, I feel like them, especially they have things that they definitely excel at more than others. And then everything else, they're just kind of, eh, David Long, I feel like it is a bit more of a well-rounded player, but, um, yeah, anyways, I mean, I think this is huge. Um, I think that the fact that they were able to get him and not, like I said, just fill this with like a patch from a practice squad somewhere, I think that's huge going forward. This defense, if everyone gets healthy, and the offense too. I mean, the Titans have a Super Bowl roster if everybody can get healthy because uh, – They do, and – that's the thing, you know, you talking about the inside linebackers. They had worked out other inside linebackers. And it's honestly amazing that Cunningham fell to the Titans in the waivers. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i really surprised that that happened. And, you know, it, it is what it is. They have him. I'm excited for him to get in the building and see what he can do to help the team out after he actually gets out there. But I feel like we've kind of touched on that enough. Need to shift our focus to this Jaguars game coming up because I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is a must win. The Titans absolutely cannot lose this game. It's a division game. The Colts have really this second half of the season turned their stuff around and are right there nipping at the Titans' heels. I mean, they really are. And I think that everything you said is true, except for the leading statement that it's a must win. I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world if they do happen to drop this game. They're still, even though they had the bye week, there's still a lot of injuries and a lot that comes with a lot of opportunity that they come out and just absolutely crap the bed again. It, it, it is a must win. I, I I think you still have the opportunity where they end up getting healthy, you know, in okay, week here's, 16, week 17, week 18, and then you finish that off with a win against Houston, and it doesn't matter because you win the AFC South, and all is well. Don't let it go that far. And especially, I'll put it this way as well, if you want the number one seed, this is a must win. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. I mean that that but that I mean, is definitely at, true. You look at the schedule after this week. You go to Pittsburgh, then you have the 49ers on Thursday night football, then you have Miami, and then you have the Texans again. So the Steelers, it's kind of been a coin flip of what team you're gonna get there. There's time I mean, they almost they were down like twenty six nothing, I think it was, to the Vikings. I actually after that point, I turned the game off and went to bed. And I thought, okay, this this is done. And I woke up the next morning and I checked the score and I was like, what the hell happened? Like, how did this game get back that close? Yeah. So, you know, they're a team that can be sneaky and stay in a game with you or make a comeback in the game and beat you. Then you have San Francisco who they've been playing better and – Miami earlier in the season would have been a team that I just kind of brushed off, but 
they're kind of turning things around right now. Like, you can't... This is why I say this is a must-win game because it's not like the rest of our schedule is guaranteed now. I mean, yes, for the most part, it still looks easy, but let's win these division games and, you know, not give the Colts a chance to catch up. Like, Well, and and another thing is that the Colts also have some pretty tough games as well. I mean, the Colts still have to play the Patriots. And I don't know exactly. We said that about when they played the Bills too, and look what they did to them. That that is true. I feel like the Patriots are different. Um, but how I, I need you to fill me in on this because I'm not 100 percent sure. If the Colts drop a game, what does that do as as far as the the playoff situation? If they drop a game, are they still able to come and win the AFC South? The magic number right now for the Titans is three. That means any combination of Titans wins or Colts losses knocks that number down. Okay, so the Titans win against, did you say the Jaguars? And then the Colts lose the the Titans. To the Patriots, there's two, right? That that is my understanding. And then they would basically just need another Colts loss, or they would need a win. I, I, because if they win and the Colts win, that doesn't necessarily really do anything, right? Exactly. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's. Um, I don't think there's a scenario where the Titans let, let the Colts come back and win the division. Uh, I mean, there obviously is a scenario, but I don't think it's very likely that that happens. Well, and again, the, the reason I say this is a must win game, because this is a team that they should beat. And we know how that goes. Exactly. Which is why you have to write the ship now and not let this two and 10 team beat you. Like, Take care of business. Win the games that you're supposed to win. And don't leave it up to chance that the Colts have to lose. Don't leave it up to chance that we have to go to Houston the last week of the season and win the division then. Like, you also can look at the playoff seating as well and see what's going to look better as far as matchup-wise when it comes to that. Because right now the Titans have the tiebreaker like the reason the Titans are staying above the Ravens when they have the same record is because of the conference wins, the AFC conference wins. The Titans have more. You look at the remainder of their schedule, and out of these next five games, they only have one game that is not a AFC opponent. So is if you keep winning those, then you keep the tiebreaker over the Ravens. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. Um, I'm just saying that, that, like, while it definitely is a very, very important game, it's not like, you know, the sky's falling if they don't, if they do happen to lose this game. Um, I still think, you know, 
Not that I do think that they will lose, but say that were to happen, I still think they're in a good position going forward for once they get completely healthy. And I know that's something we've been saying all season, and it's almost like that that time where they get completely healthy just keeps getting pushed back and back and back, and there's no telling if it's ever going to get here. But I would just once like to see an injury report that looks like the Jaguars that we see here where one, two guys out, and then everybody else is good to go, you know? Um, now, I want to ask you, Julio, designated to return from IR, do you think he plays this weekend? Um, I think he has to play if you don't want this to be a close game. Do you think that Golden Tate gets called up this week? I would like to see it. Um, I, I really don't know. Um, but I'm rooting for it 100%. I, I think I think he's had plenty of time now. As we mentioned before, I know the reason why he didn't get called up for the last game. It was a shorter week, you know, as far as practice-wise goes. You're bringing a guy in, asking him to learn the playbook in just a couple of days, be in football shape. It's not going to happen. But you have that week. Then you have the bye week where he has a whole week. And then you have this week where he has a whole week before the yeah, next game. I mean, like as, as far as he, a time standpoint, I, I don't think there's like a, he should be he should be ready to go out there and play at this point. Um, whether or not they, wait, I, I don't know why they wouldn't because he's he's a veteran and I feel like he still has some talent. Whether or not they think he improves their chances of winning, I don't I don't know. But I, I certainly think from the outside that that he does. So I I do too, and I think that I think Julio plays this game. I don't think he plays every snap. Um, no, I think the that he'll be somewhat limited, especially you know if you if you see a quick lead from the Titans, he could be you know uh, I mean they could start to, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, filter him out as the game goes on. But I do think he has to be out there. And I think having, if they can get Golden Tate out there, that helps all across the board. Then you get NWI's our third guy and get him on, you know, one of the lower depth chart corners or a safety of the Jaguars. And that's where he can make his impact. Like, But you need Julio out there. I, I think he has to be out there. Like I said, I think this is a must-win game, and I think since, in my thoughts of that being the case, Julio has to be out there to help you win this game. Is there anything that you're worried about from this Jaguars team um, that you think – that you either think could expose like a weakness from the Titans or that you just feel like – the Titans need to, to really have an emphasis on to stop to, you know, not let the Jaguars hang around and have a chance to win. Um, just not miss their tackles. I mean, like really, yeah. like you think about it. The first time these two teams played Robinson had a, a long touchdown run or no, he got chased down on that. Sorry, but he he broke a long run, right? Um, 
and it was just bad tackling there. I well, just take the Patriots so, game for example. I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 touchdown in that game. I mean, I'm sure without even knowing the specifics, I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Where they whiffed on like however many tackles. It seems like the whole defense whiffed on a tackle. Well, and you know if you let a team, we always say any given Sunday, any any team can beat any team. I mean, we've seen it happen. And the Detroit if you Lions let, got their first win. Yeah, if you let a team hang around, if you let a bad team hang around till the end of the game or for the majority of the game, that gives them hope. And if they have that hope, they turn it into momentum and find a way to to make it work and get the win. And it's honestly, I don't want that to happen. It's honestly kind of shocking that the a team coached by Mike Vrabel, who is, you know, he's a Belichick guy. He comes from that, you know, he's kind of, I mean, he gets a lot of comparisons to Belichick. And then a defensive-minded guy, he always talks about the fundamentals, doing things right. Why can his team not tackle? That should be one of the last teams in the NFL that you would look at their head coach and the way that he wants things done and say, I bet they can't tackle. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <clears throat> Just not playing fundamental football, um, taking bad angles. And, you know, that's something that they have to get right. For the most part this season, I feel like they've been good with their tackling. But you have that first Jaguars game, the tackling was not the best. You have the Patriots game. Towards the end of the game is when it got bad. I mean, for most of that game, their tackling was pretty good. I thought it was poor in the Texans game, uh, too. Yeah, I mean, it just... Again, I don't know if there's really one thing with this Jaguars team that I worry about. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I I thought he was a little overhyped coming into the NFL. And I still think that while he has, I feel like, gotten you know better or more used to the speed of the game at this level, I still don't think that he is just extremely good. And, I mean, I, I still think the Jags are just a mess down there, which is why the Titans cannot let them hang around in this game and get a win. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one main thing. It's like just kind of nervous about seeing how the Titans will come out and start the game. And if they'll let the Jaguars hang around long enough to to feel like they're – is some hope there. Right. And, you know, I feel like we've touched on that quite a bit. So now we need to move into our first um, official segment of the show, I guess you would say. And that is our best bets presented by DraftKings. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that we all like a high scoring game. I like a high scoring game. Don't like to watch a game that's like the. Monday night football game uh, where <laughs> the Patriots maybe threw like one pass. Um, so 
With the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, you're definitely going to want a high-scoring game, or at least any score from the game, because all you have to do is bet just $1 on any team to score and can win $100 in free bets if any team scores. If the sportsbook's not available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. On the sportsbook or on the Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, all you have to do is use the promo code TPPN when you sign up to take advantage of those offers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So just looking back here, I believe that I am um, – Nine of 18, I think I got back to 50%. And I'm wanting to say that you were five of 18. I'm five of 18, yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. All right, so general information for this Titans and Jaguars matchup. The Titans are favored by eight points the last time I checked it, which was just a couple minutes before we started recording. And the over and under for the points for this game is 43 and a half. Yep. And that's been pretty steady since that that line. Both of those lines have stayed pretty steady for a while now um, because I looked at mine. I, I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, and I actually, in my bets, still have that line for – the spread and that line for the total. Um, but I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. Um, I do think the Jags cover the spread plus eight. And I now I will say, I think a lot of that comes from a backdoor cover in garbage, gar, garbage time. Um, and then I also think that you'll see over 43 and a half because I think the Titans will put up enough points Um and as long as the Jaguars put up a decent amount of points, you'll hit that. All right. I can uh, I can respect that because when I was looking at that uh, Titans favored by eight, kind of my thought was usually in games where the Titans should easily win, they let a team hang around and keep it close. <laughs> so I was – I didn't write down the Jags covering the spread, but I was thinking that that might be one that would kind of be borderline. Just because when you start getting to that, you know, more than a touchdown that they have to cover, that's when I start looking more at a team possibly covering that's not favored to win the game. Right. So I'm going to go with, for my first one here, the Titans to have the first score of the game. Okay. I like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that they'll come out and look to put points on the board quick. So, and, and the odds on that are minus 165. And 
then the second one that I'm going to go with is I think uh, Foreman, anytime touchdown score at plus 150. Instead of Hilliard. Instead of Hilliard, because I think McNichols is going to be back this week. So I think that's going to cut into some of Hilliard's snaps. Okay. Um, Well, I do want to drop uh, this in here. This is not betting advice. Obviously, you heard from our um, records at the beginning of this segment. (laughs) No, we're not really doing so hot. So this is just kind of for fun at this point, obviously not betting advice. Um, but that's been Best Bets uh, presented to you by DraftKings. And now it's time to move into our next segment, which is the Stat Chat. And I did promise that I would deliver a Stat Chat for this week since I had the bye week to get everything prepared. Um, and I have two, actually, that I want to go through. Um, the first one is just sort of something – it really honestly doesn't even mean anything at all. Um, if anything, it shows that – the Titans have lost to some teams that don't have the greatest of records. Um, But the Titans teams that the Titans have beat their win total is 48. The the teams that they have beat uh, their loss total is 50. So the combined record of the teams that the Titans have beat is 48 and 50, leaving them with a win percentage of 48.9%. The combined record of the teams the Titans have lost to is 24 of 20, 24 and 25, leaving them with a win percentage of also 48.9. And I just, I, I actually looked at this because I thought that those numbers were going to be different. Um, I thought that the win percentage for teams that they lost to was going to be much lower, but the Patriots and the Cardinals really brought that number back up. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the win percentage is exactly the same between teams they beat and teams that they've lost to. Um, but if you think about it, uh, you, you take away, if I would have done this before that Patriots game, this would look a lot different. I mean, that win percentage for teams that they have lost to would be a lot lower. It, yeah, it would. And that's kind of surprising. I, I actually thought that the teams that they have beat, um, which I guess that's kind of drugged down by the Seahawks now. Uh, right. But I, I figured their win percent, you know the the win percentage of the teams that they have beat would be higher than what it was. But yeah, and and I mean. It, it sort of evens out, obviously, you know, because they beat the they've beat the Jaguars, they've beat, you know, like you said, the Seahawks. So it it, it starts to even itself out. Um, but I really expected the win percentage of teams they've lost to. I, I expected that to be a lot lower. But the one the, the stat chat that I found really interesting because when I came across this today, I was absolutely shocked. But if I told you that the two in 10 Jacksonville Jaguars have an actually, I don't know if I want to say reasonable, but it it is not quite as hard as you would think of a route to the playoffs. 
you know, I could, it's funny because, you know, the, the Texans have, are the only team that have officially been eliminated from making the playoffs. And I found that very interesting considering they have two division wins, one of which is over the Jaguars. Um, and maybe it's just because some of this stuff is is over my head on how they come up with the tiebreakers and how teams are able to make it. But I just I found it interesting that another two and ten team in the Jaguars was not yet eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. So there okay, so there was an article posted on USA Today written by Christian DeAndrea. Yeah, I messed that name up. I literally, I, so I went through this before we started recording and then made sure I knew how to pronounce the name. And then as we've talked, I forgot how to say it. And then I don't have time to to, to look at it right now and, and figure out how to pronounce it again. But yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, he wrote that article, you know, explaining how the Jaguars can still make the playoffs. The Jaguars are obviously going to have to win out for this to be possible. Um, and their toughest games to do that is going to be the, the Titans and then also New England and Indianapolis. Um, and then in week 14, they need the following to happen. The Vikings to beat the Steelers, the Ravens to beat the Browns, the Lions to beat the Broncos, the Giants to beat the Chargers, and the Buccaneers to beat the Bills. One down, four more to go. <laughs> After that, they would need a series of weeks where a similarly unlikely series of games go exactly as they need, including the Titans to beat the Steelers and to beat the Dolphins. And then that would leave the playoff picture to look like this. Now, granted, there's a bunch of games throughout those weeks. Like I mentioned, they need a series of weeks where just like the five games that they needed from this week, they would need a series of weeks where things look exactly like that for them and they need certain teams to win. But if all of that happened, and I just threw the Titans games in there because I thought it was was relevant, um, the playoff picture would look like this. The seven and five Bills finish seven and ten. The two and ten Jags finish seven and ten. The seven and, and they six have Colts, the tiebreaker over the Bills. The seven and six Colts finish seven and ten. The seven and five Chargers finish seven and ten. The six and six Broncos finish seven and ten. The six and six Browns finish seven and ten. And then you have the six and five and one Steelers who finish six and ten and one. The six and seven Dolphins finish. Six and eleven, or they could finish seven and ten. Doesn't matter. The Jaguars would win the six way or seven way if the Dolphins went seven and ten, tie and make the playoffs. <laughs> so what you're saying is after this week, the Jaguars are fixing to be eliminated from playoff contention. They they very well could be. But as it stands right now the Jaguars have a route into the playoffs. That is crazy. Just throwing it out there. That is crazy. <laughs> and, and, I mean, 
could, could you say crazier things have happened? I don't think you really <clears throat> could, but it's not near as bad as, as the, the lines. I mean, the lines for them to begin, they need a couple of ties to happen. Like this is somewhat feasible still. Uh, not very maybe. likely, not very likely, but it's somewhat feasible still. But anyways, <laughs> that's the stat chats. Not really a whole lot of advanced stats there, but they're, I mean, those are some things that uh, I thought I was going to have a lot more with the win percentages, but um, I had to include this part about the Jaguars whenever I came across it. Well, look, we're just glad that you actually had a stat chat for us this week, and you you double-dipped and had two for us, so we really appreciate that. And now it is time to get into our quick hitters, and we start that off with our TTP fan takes, and we have some new interaction on this this week from the Facebook group uh, Tighten Up uh, posted in there, hey, we're recording this. Uh, tonight, which is Friday night, December 10th. And leave us some score predictions, bold predictions. And I'm really sorry if I messed this last name up. But it's Aaron Brzezinski. Score prediction, 27-16. to 16, Titans winning. Then we have friend of the show, Drake. He gave his score prediction of 28 to 17 Titans winning bold prediction Ryan Tannehill 300 plus passing yards and three touchdowns he said that he thought Tannehill was going to bounce back this game then another new uh person helping us out here Travis Harbor uh from Twitter find him at at Titan Trav score prediction 34 to 13, Titans winning. Bold prediction. Several steps to this now. Titans defense, three turnover, force three turnovers and score one touchdown off of one of those turnovers. Titans offense, zero turnovers for this game. And Julio Jones gets his first touchdown of the season that is not overturned because of bad officiating. Then another new one, Chester Taylor, find on Twitter at Trilogy79. Score prediction, 34-10, to Titans winning. Bold prediction, Ryan Tannehill, four total touchdowns. And then my amazing wife, Carrie, you can also find her on Twitter. Go give her a follow, at CarrieLiz94. Score prediction, a little bit of a unique one here, 25 to 15, Titans winning. Bold prediction, Kevin Byer gets a pick six and Ryan Tannehill, 275 plus passing yards. Okay. So d- does that wrap them up? Yep, That that's all the fan takes there. All right, let's jump into our keys to the game. Um I'll drop mine first because mine kind of lines up with what Drake uh, sort of lines up with what Drake was saying Uh, for his bold prediction. I think the Titans need to build some confidence for Tannehill from the beginning. Um, Let him get a series of 
you know, quick, easy completions down um, and build his confidence back up because he does need a bounce back game. He's kind of had a rough go. My key to the game is going to be simple. Don't turn the ball over. I mean, these last couple of games, if you take away the turnovers that the Titans have, they probably win those games. Even if you don't take away all of them, if you just take away a couple of them, they are right back in those games and very likely winning them. So take care of the ball. If you don't take care of the ball, more than likely you're not going to win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that kind of goes hand in hand with trying to get Tannehill's confidence built up. So maybe he won't <laughs> throw some interceptions. Um, my score prediction for the game is once again, Jags plus eight over 43 and a half. Titans 27, Jags 20. Um, I mean, I, I still think that's a pretty i think that it happens in a way that it is much more seems like a titans win the whole time than, than what this score feels like because i i think you see you know the the jags sitting at like 13 14 points and then you know they happen to score a little garbage time touchdown there um and then my bold prediction dontrell hilliard does what derrick henry normally does to the jags scores a 50 plus yard rushing touchdown Okay. Uh, my score prediction, I'm going to go Titans 24, Jaguars 13. And my bold prediction is going to be that Jeffrey Simmons – Three sacks. That's that was the number I was thinking of. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm glad you went there. I, I was thinking in my head. I was like, you know, what's what's kind of a good number here because, you know, he he's had a couple games where he's went crazy, and yeah. at three is pretty bold for an interior defensive lineman. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I'll give you that one for sure. Um, I I was I gonna go with mine. I was gonna make it. Dontrell Hilliard scores a 99-yard touchdown. Uh, I I just couldn't do it. There's no way that's going to happen. No way. Um, Uh, I I wish you would have went with that. uh, Do you have anything else to add in? Uh, I don't. You know, just looking forward to being back in Nissan Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I actually kind of forgot that this was a home game. Not going (laughs) to lie. Um, But anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. (laughs) 